Hey everyone, it's your frenemy Lee welcoming you to another episode of XP Hunter. Since the last time we met, I went on a quest to find a hidden place in my neighborhood and I raked in a ton of XP by discovering the Dorchester Art Project. If you'd like to see the adventure, you can find it on the YouTube and subsequently the Instagram. During my little quest, I actually um, <laughs> happened to find myself in a situation that is um, very stereotypical of uh, video games, sometimes in tabletop games and definitely in comics. And that is what uh, a lot of people have dubbed game logic, right? So for all my non-gamers out there and all their iterations, game logic uh, literally just uh, refers to the, hmm, the reality that exists within uh, the, the closed universe of the video game or the comic or the tabletop where you know uh the world where marvel takes place ha is you know uh a parody of the life we live every day you know human brain beings are uh sentient living eating breathing thinking beings that exist on the planet earth and there's gravity and they breathe air and um, we have two eyes two ears a mouth and a nose right but obviously some of the <laughs> Um, parts of their reality are slightly different right because they have superheroes the sun affects superman who is in fact an alien which has not been proven in this reality that we exist in and there are several other you know universal entities like the phoenix force or galactus and so they have their own special uh, form of reality uh separate from us but game logic refers to um <laughs> particulars of the the rules uh, that govern that reality that are bent and or don't make any sense even in the uh, the scope of that reality. Uh, I think that these uh, game logic issues can be framed in like four special uh, segments. So one is what? The worst, the best, and yes, right? Because we all know that some game logic issues break the game, they take you out of it. Some of them are super useful and so you really don't care. And then some of them are just, they just make you stop. And you know, you're just like, oh, what? What, what just happened? <laughs> so my favorite what game logic is uh, I was actually uh, watching a friend play Skyrim because it's not really my type of RPG. But he was playing Skyrim and, you know, on my urging, he like went to explore like a lake, right? Because I love water in video games because for so long you couldn't go in there. It meant instant death because technology or just the time that would be necessary to animate the water or make it look uh, useful or program in how the character's, you know, body is going to react in the water was just too much. So he's swimming this lake and lo and behold, he finds uh, a chest, right? Which we all know holds treasure or some useful item. So he's going through the chest and he finds a lit torch in the chest at the bottom of a lake. <laughs> and of course, I'm sitting there like, uh, how is that even possible? A, if you put a lit torch in a chest, the chest should be burned and eventually the torch will go out because it would have exhausted all the oxygen inside the box and suffocated itself and went out or perhaps burnt the chest down, which in which case would have let water in and again, put the torch out. So game logic. Yes, this this chest is going to generate a random amount of items, but a lit torch. 
at the bottom of a lake. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Another, but it it is kind of the best. I mean, I love it. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I am amazing at saving money and making good decisions in video games. <laughs> so my best uh, game logic issue is, you know, you're walking through the forest, you're a level one character, um, and you come across, I don't know, a giant Venus flytrap. And so you kill it, and then, yay, you get XP, which we're all about here, right? Uh, we gain experience, you know, you, you gain some gardening experience. You killed a giant Venus flytrap. But along with your experience, you get, hey, five, here's five gil, or coins, or, uh, you know, money in general. And then, you know, along with maybe a sword or a small knife or a potion, right? So the knife, the sword could be explained by some other adventurer having tried to kill the Venus Trap and, you know, they got their weapon lodged in its trunk or something, right? But the money really doesn't. Where did it get the money from? Uh, does it have pockets now? <laughs> and of course, I'm not going to say no. I mean, who says no to free money, right? Nobody, nobody says, nobody says no. Um, but it is kind of, it makes you stop and think, where did this Venus Red Trap get this money from and why? You know, are, are they going to hit up town? You know, they're going to go clubbing. Why do they need money? We all know that they have money because that's a way for you to progress as a character and buy better weapons or potions that you may or may not need. But again, even in the scope of being an adventurer or being hired mercenary or whatever, finding money on an... I won't say inanimate, right? It's a plant. It tried to eat you. It has feelings. Uh, but finding money in places or on uh, creatures that shouldn't and don't need, shouldn't have money and don't need money is kind of strange, even for a fantasy setting. Uh, the worst, uh, <laughs> the worst absolute game logic issue that, well, it's not the worst, but I do kind of like hate it, especially because uh, this specific uh, example comes from one of my favorite video games, Final Fantasy VII. It's actually number one. We'll get into lists uh, sometime soon, actually. Uh, so start thinking about your favorite games and get ready to tell me all about it. So in Final Fantasy VII, one of the quintessential characters, um, Eris, oh, Gaines, Gainsborough? Whatever, Eris. She dies anyway. No one cares. Um, actually, I let everybody cares. But uh, Eris, uh, as a plot point in the story of Final Fantasy VII, she dies, right? But again, her dying makes absolutely no sense in the context of the reality uh, in which the game exists because in Final Fantasy, and I believe all Final Fantasies, Phoenix Down exists. And of course, uh, whether you like video games or not, you know that Phoenixes are known for rising from their own ashes. They never die. They are functionally immortal. Uh, uh, at the end of their lives, they actually incinerate themselves and they're reborn from their own ashes, right? So imagine what, and we all know in Harry Potter, uh, Harry gets stabbed with the Basilisk Fang and, you know, he's poisoned and he's probably going to die. And then Forks, um, uh, Dumbledore's Phoenix, goes and cries on Harry's arm and he's magically healed of the poison and the scar goes away, right? Phoenixes are capable of great things in over across various forms of you know mythology and stories and the like so in Final Fantasy 7 Phoenix Down is 
a potion or item that you use to resurrect uh, party members when you're in a fight and they die, right? Because uh, you have three party members, uh, in Final Fantasy specifically, you have three party members, and if one of them dies, which you don't want them to because of your character, the main character isn't leveled up enough, you will die, and then you'll have to start again. So you use the phoenix down, and they're resurrected. So for Eris to be permadeathed by being <clears throat> stabbed by Sephiroth kind of doesn't make sense. We could just sprinkle some phoenix down on her, and we can just sprinkle some phoenix down onto her, and she should come back to life. Why doesn't she? Why can't we use phoenix down? There's no answer. Game logic. That's the only answer. And again, makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> so in the terms of game logic uh it can be game breaking and sometimes heartbreaking right because i mean eris wasn't exactly my favorite character i really like tifa i thought that cloud should have been with tifa point blank no questions asked um but i obviously didn't want her to die either especially because i had spent so long leveling her up and she was the healer of my group although i had like cure two going on with everyone it was she was still, you know, she had her limit break and she could heal everybody. And you can't beat that. You know, you can't beat that. Um, plus, you know, when you've been playing with a character for so long, you don't want them to die. You want them to go with you all the way to the end. But I guess, you know, again, that's the game breaking game logic, because at the end of the day, game logic really just depends on what the programmers and writers want to happen in the game. So obviously they're trying to, you know, make you feel all the feels <laughs> and so they have to kill somebody regardless of whether or not you actually um within the universe have the, the ability to resurrect someone they don't care you have to watch this character that you um know love like donated time to making sure that they were great as a character you have to watch them die because because of the story because the programmers say so because of game logic now, I know that you guys all have your own special uh, game logic moments that are near and dear to your heart uh, and make you feel all the feels and make you want to smash your controller or cards or remote control into a million, million, trillion pieces. Um, so uh, if you want to participate and compare uh, tear jerking moments, you can always uh, leave a message on our Instagram, on our YouTube, and uh, I will make sure to give you a shout out on a, a upcoming episode and a post about you on the Instagram and our Pinterest, actually. So make sure you guys uh, check that out because it's a pretty good time. Now, back to game logic. So, of course, uh, we're all saying, well, I mean, yeah, I guess. Game logic is a function of the programmer or the story writer. And what's wrong with that? Well, a big issue with that is when you're telling a story, whether you're a writer and you're telling a story or you're uh, the developer for the game and or, you know, the programmer, the person who's putting in the code and writing how something's going to function, um, you are trying to sell something to someone, right? So if it's a fantasy if someone's trying to sell you a lord of the rings game right and because of the story they're trying to tell which we're gonna assume in this instance it's not the the normal story that's written by jrr jrr tolkien they're we're trying to 
make a parody where we're doing a tangent path and elsewhere story for uh, the Lord of the Rings uh, mythos or whatever, right? So, you know, we're going to have rangers, we're going to have elves, we're going to have, I mean, high elves, wood elves, uh, orcs, uh, all that good stuff, right? So when you're programming and you know, you're like, oh, we're going to recreate a, an Aragorn and, uh, uh, what is her name? I never liked her character. Um, we're going to recreate this love story, right? Between a human and an elf because everyone loves that, right? Because elves are so hoity-toity and pretty and ethereal and humans are <laughs> humans, right? So instead of saying, oh, the, uh, instead of having the traditional, oh, the issue here is that this elf is going to live forever because in the Lord of the Rings reality, elves are functionally immortal, whether they live um, in Middle Earth or elsewhere, unless they are uh, killed, you know, their heads chopped off or um, they're mortally wounded or whatever, they will live forever. And a human being, even the ones who in the past have uh, elf blood in their lineage, which they're called like descendants of Numenor or whatever, they will live extended lives. Uh, so approximately like maybe 200, 300 years, but they're not going to live forever. They're not immortal. They're still humans. And so this is a, a barrier between them. So instead of like uh, J.R.R. Tolkien did, where he said, well, you know, Arwen is going to give up her, her immortality to be with uh, Aragorn. And so that's what she does. So now their lifespans are somewhat equal now, right? That she's not going to live forever. She probably will still outlive him, but she will have the opportunity to die. But a lot of times with game logic, um, the developers will say, well, obviously in the end, we definitely want the human and the elf to end up together. And so they'll kind of create a shortcut in between the two. So uh, they'll say, oh, well, we'll have him find this magic potion that will allow him to live forever. But I mean, there's no basis for such a spell or potion or anything like that in the J.R.R. Tolkien mythos or the basis for which they're basing their story on. So now they just created kind of what you would call game logic, but in essence, a paradox, right? Because we've already been given these um, rules to the reality of this fantasy land. Even though it's a fantasy, it has rules, you know, up is up, down is down, left is left, right is right. Humans, you know, have a lifespan of 80 years, possibly a hundred. That's that. Elves are functionally immortal. Those, those are the rules here. Um, you know, fire burns, water makes things wet. Those are the rules. And so now that you've introduced a function into this reality, because you want to tell a very specific story, you want someone to, uh, feel a very specific way, or just because it's easier, uh, you've kind of functionally destroyed, <laughs> uh, uh, our faith in this reality, right? Because the thing is, if up is up and down is down and left is left and right is right, um, but water sets things on fire or burns and fire makes things wet. And then, you know, you turn around and tell me the opposite or create a function that does the opposite. How can I trust you? It just means that everything is a lie. Ah, video games really make no sense, guys. <laughs> because a lot of times, um, I guess in writing, you would call it lazy writing. In video games, you would call it a shortcut, or sometimes uh, it's just a not a fallback. It's sometimes it's just 
uh, something that can't be helped because you are being held back by uh, a boss or by um, because, you know, no man is an island and games and videos and movies and, you know, all those things are kind of made by committee. Right. Everyone's contributing what they think should happen. And I mean, real life kind of has loopholes, too. I mean, we don't have paradoxes where, you know, you go to weed a garden and, you know, you successfully weed the garden and then someone just out of nowhere a bag of money appears in front of you for completing this task if only guys because like I said I am amazing at saving money and making good decisions in video games why can't I be that good in life <laughs> game logic is a topic that I really wanted to hit on because um in real life we get really 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 bogged down in kind of rules and obviously we make rules uh, you know, laws that govern the way our societies are run for a reason, right? Because, you know, we're all kind of different. We all kind of think the same things, right? I mean, if you get thirsty, you want to drink water. There are the lines that we all kind of think along that are very similar, but we also very often deviate from those thoughts, right? So my thought would be, oh, I'm thirsty. I'm going to go to go get tap water. Whereas someone who may live in Maine says, well, I'm thirsty and I'm already on my porch, so I'm going to walk down to this creek to get water. Neither one of us are wrong. The person who goes to the creek might, because they've always lived near a fresh water source, say, oh, why would I ever, you know, go and get that tap water that the government's messed with and they put fluoride in when I can have fresh spring water that fell from the sky the way whatever deity intended. Okay, fine, sure. Um, but me, I live in a city and so obviously I can't walk down to the nearest river or creek because it is probably polluted not so polluted that nothing can live in it but polluted enough that I couldn't just put a cup in the water and drink it because I would die or get very very sick at least um and so our opinions our our experiences have created these deviating lines right so in a video game or tabletop game or um especially the games like D&D where some of the stories or adventures are created by the dungeon master, the person in general, they weren't created by the company uh, that started the game. But uh, when reality is there, when you build a reality, uh, it's very important to try and create uh, lines of thought, even tangents um, that make sense with them. Like I was just reading about Stan Lee, um, you know, Lord rest his soul. Um, that when he was creating characters, he always had to have some part of science in it because, you know, just saying, oh, because because magic wasn't good enough for him because that doesn't make any sense. Magic. OK, yeah, magic, magic. How, you know, uh, even magic as a function separate from science still has to have rules that govern it. So, OK, you made this water appear through magic. But like how, you know, did it travel to another universe? to come here did you take it from our universe from a river you know in california a river in north dakota like where did it come from how did this magic work and stan lee is quoted as saying that oh because someone was born a mutant is a lazy way to write a character um just because again game logic like it's it i don't think it's lazy but it is a lot simpler to write a character that was born with the powers that they have rather than explaining that oh these gamma rays mutated this the genes in their body and now um it's unlocked the special this special uh trait that was always there or created as trait in them that uh, allows them to take an energy and build body mass and strength 
okay, you've explained it to me. It's not just because we said so, because that's how it's written, because magic, because game logic, it is because of, you know, something that's explainable and tangible and not always understandable, but it can be explained. And so um, I think Stanley is right. He is a proponent of not creating issues with game logic or reality warping in a way that doesn't uh, meld melds well with uh, the reality you've already created. And Stanley did create characters that were born with their, I guess, superpowers or mutations. And he only did that after he exhausted all of his other, you know, explanations after he couldn't use science to explain it away he did create some but as a last resort so one of the funny ones is that he never could explain how the hulk could keep his pants right because if they fit him when he was like a maybe what six one probably like 180 pound maybe 200 man and then he grows to the size of the hulk you know who's probably like i don't know seven eight and weighs like 400 pounds 500 pounds there's no way that his pants could have <laughs> there's no way he should walk around naked all the time but stanley couldn't explain it but he also couldn't draw him without pants so game logic he keeps his pants because man a naked hulk could you imagine there are so many questions i have about wow that went to a very uh, naughty place guys don't be like me <laughs> but yeah Game logic can enrich games or I say enrich, but really kind of just make them easier because again, finding money or getting money just out of nowhere because you did a simple task. Who could ask for a better life? Who could ask for a better reality? Nobody. Um, but again, uh, finding a lit torch in a chest at the bottom of a lake. Uh, that's just weird, right? And the thing is, it doesn't take you out of the game, but it does make you feel like you're playing a video game. It it kind of makes you feel like, oh, well, that happened because this chest is programmed to randomly spawn things uh, that are uh, correspondent to my level, right? So I'm a level one character. Um, I'm probably going to go in some caves. And so I need a torch. So it will spawn a torch. But the logic behind it makes no sense. It should never happen. It would never happen. You would find an old wooden stick with, you know, some cloth wrapped around it and it'd be wet. That That's what you find. Not a lit torch. Um, but remember, if you guys want to participate, you can send me an email at xphunterlee or check out the Instagram aptly titled the same or the Pinterest also titled the same. Um, or our YouTube, which which is where you will find uh, the videos for our questing series where I'm going to go out probably sometimes with a companion or a friend of me and go and find hidden places, do fun things, conquer some evil people and the like. And if you want to participate, you can create a character sheet and send it to me and I will definitely post it on the YouTube as well and the Instagram uh, announcing our newest clan members and you know in your character sheet you're going to create an alias you're going to tell us what your power is what your place is are you a berserker are you a support are you a white mage are you a cpa which yes i know that sounds silly but hey some of us our real lives can correspond with our fantasy lives um also uh 
for this week, I think we're going to have a little challenge. And the challenges are just a way for you guys to uh, rack up XP in real life and with our clan. And I think uh, whew, one of our other challenges was for you guys to A, carry a character sheet and send it to me. And then I think we also did one where we had you guys uh, go out and explore your neighborhood and trying to find a hidden place like I did. Um, so this week, mm, I think you need, we should all create cool models for our characters. And I know we all know that, you know, some of our favorite characters in video games and comics have, you know, sayings, right? Uh, from Final Fantasy VII, Cloud doesn't really have like a saying, but he has like a finishing move, right? He twirls his sword behind his back and it goes, dun, 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 which is super epic. I love it. Um, but you know, uh, you know, up, up and away, you know, hi ho, silver. You know, some of the best superheroes have really great uh, mottos or catchphrases. So let's see if you guys can create one for yourselves. Remember to check out uh, all of our uh, social media, see what's up, and hopefully participate because no one likes a lurky loot, right? We all want to be clan, contribute to each other, and get all the loot at the end. So until next time, guys, do it for the XP.